in the beginning. Hail, salutations, and hello. Hello. No one's here. I'm all alone. Wow, that sucks. It's it's like an empty void. And, uh so quiet does anyone really care what I have to say ah shit I don't care welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of the GNA podcast I'm your host blue shark 45 and I'm playing solo tonight yeah first time ever I know the last time I attempted to do this Cecil came in at some point but I'm here I'm alone and there ain't no one else so we're going to get into really quick what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> I'm drinking, and I'm going to read some stuff and talk to you guys about some stuff, and we're going to have some fun. So, once again, welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we get drunk and we talk about stuff. And solo night for blue. We are going to get into what I'm drinking tonight. So, in front of me, I have a J-Dubs uh, Bell Cow Milk chocolate porter uh 5.6 alcohol by volume it comes in a can um i've always been a big fan of cans because i feel like it really preserves flavor i'm drinking it out of the can just out of convenience i got it in the yeti to keep it cool and uh i had one earlier this morning or not this morning uh day drinking i didn't do that today i was working i had one earlier this evening with dinner i had it out of a glass just a standard pint beer glass and uh it's very good it's got uh i you know milk chocolate porters i know you're like ew that sounds disgusting mm. but hold on tight so porters are very strong dark beers and personally i find uh oatmeal stouts and milk chocolate porters to be mellowed mm. Mm, mm, mm. oh yeah so it attacks like a porter and it has a very light hint of like a milk chocolate. It's my second one for tonight. So I'm not really feeling like that milk chocolate sugary sweet kind of taste that I did when I first had one of these. So if you're thinking, oh, wow, I'm going to be drinking milk chocolate and beer. That sounds disgusting. Not really. It's definitely mellowed out. And you taste more of the, the rich, dark flavors of a porter. It's kind of leaves that. It leaves that um coffee cocoa kind of bold taste in the back of your mouth at the very end it's not a bitter taste but it's like uh it has a present uh, if you've ever smoked a cigar it kind of messes with taste buds afterwards like it sticks around you can't really tell um lighter stuff if you've had like a really like strong dark cigar uh so it definitely sticks around 
Uh, it's not a bad taste in my opinion, you know. It's a porter, you know. Guinness is a porter. Well, Guinness is stout, sorry. But uh, this leaves a, a nice, you know, kind of a roast at the very end. And has a very subtle hint of milk chocolate. Very subtle, not a very strong, sugary, sweet taste. But that's what I'm having tonight. It's uh, Sarasota, Florida Brewery, the uh, state local craft breweries. That is what I'm enjoying tonight. And let's go into our next segment, State of Games. So State of Games is where we normally talk about what we've been playing for the past week or we pontificate on where we think the current State of Games are. So I've been playing The Division, the second one. I've been playing Warlords of New York expansion, uh, season pass right now. Uh, dealing with seasons i'm working my way slowly through the warlords um i feel like i i mean i'm so busy i i get like one good solid session in a week i feel like i got it in like two half sessions this week uh i get busy you know i got other stuff going on in my life i go to work work out my fiance so i don't always have time to play video games. usually i play while she either in a class or she's uh preparing for her clients that she has to work with the next day but uh, it's a good, I've been enjoying it. It's been, you know, good, you know, different activities, knock this out, knock that out, retake places, you know, go after bounties. The bounties are rough by myself, though. I usually get killed playing it solo and uh, usually just hope for randoms to pop in to kind of help me out. Or, you know, my friends, you know, help me play in that. But uh, I'm pretty happy with that game. It's been a good investment. Buying the DLC has been a good investment. I just wish I didn't buy it in two places. Like, I have it on the PC, but I really don't play on the PC that much. So, yeah. Weak moment. Bought it in two places. It's whatever. I'm enjoying it nonetheless. And I can always go back and play it again once I uh, decide to donate the time to PC. But that is my state of... Oh, wait. No. Wait. I did play Overcooked, the original one. My fiance. We played that for like 20 minutes uh, past weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as funny as our first session together. Our first session together, oh my god, we were like, she was like yelling at me like, stop washing my fucking dishes. It was just, <laughs> I could not stay upright in my seat. I was just dying of laughter. It's so hilarious. She doesn't normally say, sh you know, stuff like that. So it was just, you know, <laughs> it was ridiculous. So I was, uh, I was playing that. Uh, with her and uh, the Division Two, I've played a little Pokemon Go. It's kind of daily stuff, but yeah, it's my uh, it's my state of games. But uh, let's move on into uh, some articles. So this is we're gonna start off with uh, this from uh, this comes from our Division Discord, Division Discord, <laughs> GNA Discord. Sorry, um, that five point six hitting me hard, I guess. That are my, well, let's be honest, my mind's somewhere else. So I'm really excited about this weekend. Get to see some friends I haven't seen in, oh God. Did I even see them on Christmas? I think I did. It's been a long time since. We don't all live in the same place. We live like in different parts of Florida. So I am getting together with some of them this weekend. Kind of an early birthday present to me. You know, with Corona going around, you know, it's kind of hard to get together. So we've been kind of hesitant, but we're, you know, we're going to get together. 
So I'm doing that, and so I'm really excited about that. I'm leaving tomorrow for that, so I'm just kind of somewhere else right now. But yeah, so our GNA Discord is uh, where I pull these articles from. They come from the listeners, so be sure if you haven't already, go onto Twitter, uh, look up GNA Podcast, and go to that pinned tweet and join our GNA Discord, and uh, you can uh, send us in articles. So this comes from our What the Fuck news section, uh, and this comes from Damoc. The ultimate shit talker. And it's about Twitter's massive attack. Um, what we know after the Apple, Biden, Obama, Musk, and others tweeted Bitcoin scam. So this was updated uh, Wednesday. So what happened was there was a major compromise of uh, very popular uh, Twitter accounts. Uh, so you have Apple, you have Elon Musk, you have former President Barack Obama, you have purported potential, I don't know what his official title, he is not the official Democratic presidential nominee because they haven't had that convention yet and they haven't stated it yet. That he, uh, so, But he's the front runner right now for them. So uh, Biden's Twitter account, and they all were hacked post um on uh, Wednesday, and uh, what happened was they, you know, there's all this Bitcoin stuff. At first, you know, people were like, oh, it's a Bitcoin scam, blah, 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 but then it was like someone on the inside of Twitter actually got into this, and what it was was they, these people had tweeted out, like, I'm giving away Bitcoins. Give me one, and I'll give you two, and the last time I checked, which was Thursday, I just looked this up for my own personal knowledge. I think it was like $11,000. One Bitcoin is worth 11000 US dollars. It's a lot of money. So when we're talking about giving one and getting back one, you know, it likes double your money. But it was all, you know, like to get, you know, Bitcoins and stuff. So Twitter's accounts of major companies and individuals were compromised on Wednesday in one of the most widespread and confounding breaches the platform has ever seen. Um, and promoting a Bitcoin scam that earned the, its creators nearly $120,000. That's a lot of money. I mean, you think about one Bitcoin, you know, that's, you know, it's a lot of money that you get from that. If someone even has a whole Bitcoin, they have pieces of Bitcoin. But so multiple law enforcement investigations, <laughs> the Federal Bureau of Investigation got involved into this one. And uh, it's, uh, you know, they had exploited a vulnerability in Twitter's systems. Um, mid-level, as a result, it seems uh, as if uh, mid-level employees having powerful access to site-wide, site-wide admin tools they can fall into the wrong hands, exposed the risks that Twitter Pose it. So these law, or sorry, these mid-level people apparently got a, have access to these powerful admin. And uh, if you really want a real in-depth talk about this after you listen to this podcast, I'm going to shout out uh, Tim Pool. Uh, he does uh, a kind of a political commentary on uh, YouTube. You can uh, go look him up, uh, Tim Pool IRL, and he talks about this in one of his live. Uh, to our long shows you can also he posts like pieces of them and he also posts like he also will you know like from this show or he'll go into depth more on a so excuse me on a solo level so he does a show with two other people a producer and a co-host 
Um, they weigh in on stuff, but uh, he also goes into it solo sometimes. And he talked about how this is really kind of scary because when you think about it, um, Apple, their stocks, like doing this kind of stuff could kill Apple stocks if someone went in there and started talking about some crazy thing. I've, you know, there was this whole, there was like this big chink in the market from one individual getting control of some Twitter accounts who... I think it, they they said something about someone being hurt or injured and might have been like the president. I, it did happen back when uh, Barack Obama was president. I don't really remember what it was, but uh, you know our you know the president of the United States. You know he's on Twitter and policy and stuff like that. So this you know it's kind of scary that the you know this you know someone in a low level could do stuff like that. Like Elon Musk, you know someone accessing his account to tweet stuff like scams like this or like they could have tweeted anything you know just could have like killed tesla's stock spacex like it could have like really screwed up like some business um you know people fell for this stuff obviously but uh the uh the accounts were compromised and one of the things that twitter did was everyone who was a uh, blue check which is a verified user on twitter you know their little system where they determine who's considered to be of value or of importance or whatever, like Jim Carrey's, you know, he's verified the president of the United States, the former presidents of the United States are certain actors, certain business owners, certain companies are considered verified. It's something that Twitter hands out. You know, you don't have to have a massive follower account. I've seen verified users who only have a few thousand. I've seen verified users that have several thousand like or tens of thousands or hundreds um pewdiepie is verified if you're on there i don't know i don't follow him but um yeah the, it this basically allowed them to bypass um two-factor authentication like they had the, it was an admin tool they went in and they had the back door they did not need anything they controlled the accounts and so twitter shut down all verified uh, members um name the hacker group um and this one there was something so late evenings twitter ceo jack dorsey wrote tough day on twitter for us uh, we all feel you know it's terrible that this happened we're diagnosing and we'll share everything we can when we have a more complete understanding of exactly what happened but yeah the the someone posted pictures of the uh twitter tool but here's one of them um, Elon Musk, verified Twitter user, tweeted at 1.27 p.m. on July 15th, feeling grateful, doubling all payments sent to my B address. You send 1,000, I'll send back 2,000. Only doing this for the next 30 minutes. And he gives his C address, long, complicated thing. And, you know, it's just a scam. Send me the money, and it's like no guarantee that you were going to get it back. So they did that, um, and it, you know, a lot of people lost money in the hacked accounts and uh the individuals eventually got their account access restored later on wednesday night i think around like nine ten o'clock but uh yeah it's uh, it's kind of fucked up so uh watch out for those bitcoin scams uh another uh what the fuck thing is uh, a virginia man trademarks dozens of possible new names for washington's nfl team i know this isn't like gaming related but you know games nerds and alcohol like we can talk about football it's fine it's cool we know how to we know how to throw around the old base 
picks again, Thane, to make the uh, to make the home runs. Nah, I'm just kidding. I know. I know it's called a touchdown. Um, so following mounting corporate and public pressure, the Washington NFL team has finally gotten rid of its Redskin name after 87 years. One uh, Virginia man is hoping to cash in on the change, ha- having filed dozens of trademark claims for possible new names since 2014. <laughs> mm. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. So, like, people have been like, you guys should change your names. And, you know, like, they've been calling for it. And other people are like, no, we're not going to change our names. And the owner's like, I'm not going to change the name. But so Dan Snyder is the owner of the Redskins. And uh, Ron Rivera the, is the new head coach. And they will develop a new name and design approach, the team said on Monday. However, Martin McCauley an actuary from Alexandria, Virginia, jumped on the speculation of the name change way before this announcement. Uh, So Martin has filed numerous trademark claims in the last six years for potential monikers for the Washington football team. team. Search by CBS News in the United States Patent Trademark Office database found at least seven names that have been registered in just the last month alone. So this is from, yeah, this is from CBS News. And uh, Damoc posted this. Thank you, Damoc. Uh, so the seven names in just the last month alone, among them include the Washington Red Wolves, Washington Red Tails, Washington Monuments, Washington Americans, Washington Veterans. The idea presumably would be to sell the name to Snyder should Washington choose one of the registered names. Uh, so Martin told CBS that he sent the NFL an email on July 4th listing all the trademarks that they could have at no charge, but they have not responded. He claims he wants to give them to the NFL for free to facilitate the name change. However, in a series of tweets on Tuesday, he appeared open to the possibility of a monetary exchange. I think 10 days I think 10 days of offering to give the NFL my trademarks for free is enough. Uh, Martin tweeted, my new answer will be something vague, like I never expected anything, but I will entertain any offer that they want to make me. Uh, whether Martin or anyone else attempting something similar would see any profit depends on intent to use the names, according to a legal expert. Uh, David Leacham, managing partner at Leacham Law PLC, cast doubt on the possibility of such a scheme being successful. So if they happen to have correctly picked what the Washington football team decides to use their new name, then the question will become at the time they uh, filed the mark, what their true intent of filing for it. It's highly unlikely that the trademark office or court will say something. Say somebody who was filing trademark application office solely for the purpose of speculating really had a bona fide attempt to use the name in commerce. Eh, it's kind of scary. I mean, you should at least get your money back for filing for that. So, eh, we'll see. They still haven't announced what they're going to do. I heard something like Code Talkers. Um, so for those of you who don't know, the Code Talkers was uh, a way to combat the uh, Japanese... Um, uh, I'm trying to use intelligent words right now. Uh, Japanese ability to decode American uh, radio messages. So, like, you've heard of the Enigma machine, if you know anything about World War II. That's what the Germans used. Uh, the Enigma machine, really hard thing to code. The British did happen to decode it, if you have ever seen... Damn it, I, the movie's name, but it has Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Damn it. It talks about the guy who was the father of the first monarch. Well, he was father of the computer, and it was a computing machine. It wasn't like a digital 
but he found a way to use the weather reports and because it was like they talked about the weather and so if they knew what the weather was and they knew what it would be and then the statement always ended with uh high hitler i believe so they knew that's what the weather report ended every single day so that was what they used the basis for trying to decode it by hand but then they even figured out that they could get a machine that if they put in these things you know high hitler um they would be able to put together a decoded message because they would decode it by the end of the day roughly the next day but it did them no good because the code thing would change the next day it's you know really complicated but um at the end of the day they wouldn't be able to do it until they figured out how to make this machine and then they kept it like a secret for so many years because whoever captured the enigma machine they wanted to use that ability to decode their message so like if the russian the communists or whoever got a hold of it even the americans it was done by the british mind you so um the code talkers going back to that was uh they took native americans and they took their dialect i forget specifically which native american tribe because all of them spoke it i believe they all spoke yeah they all had their own language and so they used their language to excuse me sorry they used their own language for referring to different things you know soldiers planes uh tanks positions on the battlefield so that the japanese had no idea what it was because it was an english completely different language and it was a pretty much unknown language like we're not talking about uh a national language or a major language you trade or commerce like you like at the time you had colony different places that used french or german english as their as, as their commerce language and they had their own unofficial languages i think for the longest time uh which country it was but i remember learning about it in college one of the one of the countries in west africa a hundred different languages in the area but they all used for business and for the government they used english because they're like oh we don't have to favor one language or the other so they're just like use an independent language and we'll go with english and so the Native American language was only known by Native Americans. It was only used in Native American tribes. It was not used outside of the U.S. So it was something that they couldn't decipher. They had hard time. Well, I mean, I don't know if I, that's a strong statement based off of a movie that's based on factual stuff. But uh, Nicolas Cage was in this one, uh, Code Talkers. But um, it, you know, it was this idea. So that's one of the potential names for the Redskins to make a long rant short. So now let's move into a another crazy article. We're getting into a whole bunch of these. Um, it's from Primary Circle, and it comes from the New York Post. You primary? Uh, so decapitated, dismembered body of a tech CEO found in a NYC apartment, sources say. So... Um, the CEO's body was found inside a Lower East Side apartment on Tuesday afternoon and sorted in plastic bags right next to a power soul, sources told the Post. Police came upon the grisly scene shortly after 3.30 p.m. after a cousin of the dead man requested a welfare check at the man's Houston Street building and called the police, sources say. Uh, Saul found near the body... Uh, which was described as that of a, the body, which was described to be a 33-year-old man's body. The victim's arms, legs, uh, oh, ooh. The victim's arms and legs below the knees were removed. Body parts were found in plastic bags found in the apartments. To say, uh, they believe the victim was Fahim Sal Salih. Uh, no, Salah. 
dang, I do not know. I know. I think I'm pretty pretty confident about Fahim, but uh, S A L E H, a venture capitalist and CEO of a Nigerian-based motorbike startup called Gokata. Uh, tech CEO? That's that's tech motorbike? Oh, whatever. Yeah, so. They talked about it. Uh, the victim gives suspect a puzzled look during the exchanges. They're right up together. Soon the victim steps out into his apartment. The suspect is attacking sources, believing to be a professional killing. But uh, crazy. He's called the Elon Musk of the developing world. I'm burying the lead here. Sorry. I really had no time to read these. So I'm reading them to you right now on the show. I know it's unprofessional. Uh, but anyway, so... Uh, so the victim was last seen on surveillance footage around 1.40 p.m. Monday when he entered his building's elevator, which opens right onto the seventh floor apart- onto his seventh floor apartments. Which say the footage from the apartment building appears to show the suspected killer carrying a bag, waiting to enter the elevator with the victim. Which say the victim gives the suspect a puzzled look during an exchange as they ride up together. As soon as the victim steps out into his apartment, the suspect can be seen attacking him. According to sources. One law enforcement source says the crime scene looked like a professional killing because almost no blood was left behind and the apartment was not looted. Another source says it appears that the killer had been interrupted. Um, it didn't look like the perp was done. Sources say investigators believe the victim to be Sully, but they are waiting for the medical examiner to confirm his identity. Uh... They were later seen question. The police were later seen questioning a sobbing woman, who was identified as the cousin in the lobby. Well, that's pretty uh, sad, and that's really fucked up. So, yeah, there's a lot of speculation they got in this New York Post article. So I'm really not going to go into it because they really don't. They don't know. Nah, it's just suspect. All of it. So let's move into something else. I found this. Um, so Infinity Ward has renamed Call of Duty Warzone's Border War skin. So the Modern Warfare's latest patch gives the skin a new name and description, but no other changes were made. So the, so the Border War skin, so I'm looking at a guy with, uh, he's got a red bandana wrapped around his head, um, and he's got a gun that's red and black paint and he's got body armor on and there's the texas republic of texas flag on his chest so um the and then it says d-day's default appearance um infinity ward has renamed the multi uh one multiplayer skin in uh, warzone and modern warfare after a few weeks of public outcry the original version of the skin was called border war uh so this isn't even the skin because uh, the skin featured featured d-day an in-game operator. Okay, so that's the name of the operator with a bulletproof vest that said "police." This doesn't say. And on the back. Oh, and, uh, and on the front, and weapon in his hand. Usually, different weapon depending on what the player is equipped. The skin's description read: "Show them the error of their ways and make them pay." This border war operator. Hmm. Uh, the controversy of the skin first began to boil over after Infinity War added. Black Lives Matter statement to the game in the wake of the George Floyd protest. Fans noted that if Infinity War was going to support one call for racial justice, it's odd that the company would also include a skin that was a seemingly direct threat toward undocumented immigrants. Infinity War, it seems, agreed with the criticism and has now changed the skin, at least somewhat. After a patch on Tuesday, the skin has been renamed and given a new in-game description, which features D-Day in a cowboy hat called Home on the Range, and then play along 
with the deer and the antelope, the home on the range, the day operator. Nothing else about the skin appears to have changed if anywhere outline changes patch notes. Were skinned and bio. Um, D-Day still wears a cowboy or still wears his cowboy hat for a rancher. His tactical vest labeled police, a little bit less fitting. The context of his vest has now changed given the uh, honestly, my opinion on this, I think people are getting triggered. I can kind of see, you know, you talk about Black Lives Matter and, you know, the just unjustified killing of George Floyd, um, which you talk to the rest of the police community and they're all like, yeah, that's fucked up. They shouldn't have done that. That's wrong. Like, there was no place for that. There was a whole bunch of videos of cops after George Floyd's uh, murder that, you know, they spoke out against what the other cops did. They're like, no, this is screwed up. Like, you guys should not have done this. Like, this shouldn't be a thing. But, uh... I guess people are like, well, if you're going to say Black Lives Matter, then you should, you know, because their, their whole thing is, is to fund the police uh, at this point. It used to not be that. They used to just be about Black Lives Matter. They weren't about defunding the police. It's become that now. And uh, I guess if you say one thing, you can't say another. It's Infinity Ward. It's a game uh, developer. And uh, I think they could have solved this all. This, By the way, this, this article comes from Polygon. They could have solved this entire thing by just not making this statement in the first place. There wouldn't be a controversy behind it. Uh, but, uh, you know, then they got to go and make a change. Uh, I really don't feel a loss for it because I'm really not invested into this game. But uh, I think that uh, I think games need to stop getting involved in politics and they need to go back to what they were doing, making games. Like, that's what we're here to do. That's what games are for. So let's focus on that. So um, that's uh, that's where that stands. And uh, if you don't like that or you have any thoughts on that, please be sure to email the GNA podcast at GNA pod. Or please be sure to email the GNA podcast, GNA podcast at GNA in your DNA dot one with all of your comments, questions, and potential death threats if you have any. So uh, let's move on to something from uh, Zyberblood. It comes from Sora News 24, uh, bringing you yesterday's news from Japan, Asia, and uh, Japan and Asia today. Um, It's an interesting uh, interesting motto. So um, so there's a pet fish in in Japan is trying to beat Pokemon Ruby and has already won two gym badges a video that comes along with this um interesting so they're live streaming a size me a siamese sorry fighting fish uh mutakiro um for hundreds of hours into a quest to be the very best and currently i think the screenshot is timey for almost 60 hours uh so while uh, with some of the video games, success is limited to a specific demographic. Pokemon has a broad fan base. The series is played by boys, girls, kids, adults, and now even a fish. Uh, so Maurice uh, is a nickname for him, uh, for the fish, uh, is a beautiful blue beta whose owner, uh, Japanese YouTuber uh, Mutakiro uh, Channel, that's his username, uh, recently posted the question, can a fish finish a Pokemon? Oh my God, this is going to be interesting. So, Mutakiro, uh, for this experiment, visually divided uh, Maurice's tank into nine different sections, each corresponding to a controller directional or button input wrinkle that hovering over the section for 
A confirm button for three seconds counts as a second press. And when he sets the camera to track Maurice's movement and put together a circuit board that would relay the inputs GameCube running the 2002 Pokemon Ruby. Uh, so there's no emulation here. Um, so he gave uh, the fish a tiny bit of help at the start, advancing the game's lines, introductory text. But once the game started in earnest, the human turned things over to the fish, which happens at the one hour, 45 minute mark of the above. Um, but once the game starts in, okay, so blah, blah, blah. So things start off pretty good uh, too, as after just about a minute and a half, he's able to move his, uh, no screen Pokemon trainer out of the truck where he, the adventure begins. Uh, one of the first tasks for the players to perform is to go to the main character's house, blah, 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 blah. So if you don't know, that's, you know, just kind of going through like the whole intro thing, like welcome to the world of Pokemon and all this stuff. Your mom talks to you and says, oh, you should hear blah, blah, blah. Uh, so this takes Maurice 35 minutes, which is still impressively considering he's a fish and doesn't actually know he's playing a video game. But then he's hit a major snag uh, um, before you can venture out and uh, not the f uh, field to start catching Pokemon uh, makes you go to a neighbor's house and say hi to the kid who lives in the second floor. Completing this task for uh, Maurice, a whooping 19 hours and 10 minutes. That long. Damn. Oh, who would want to watch this? It sounds like earlier. So, uh, so Maurice finally gets his Pokemon. He goes out of the wild. Unfortunately, there's only one exit out of town, narrow opening border, and it takes the fish a long time to stumble through it for 49 hours and 20 minutes. When he does, it's through, and it's a wonderful sight to see. Um, so he has to choose his starter Pokemon, and he chooses, uh, oh, and it comes across a, so he selected Torchic, and comes across a wild Pugina, Pugina, sorry. Oh, and then there's the nickname. Uh, so he actually types out a nickname, which is No Ho 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 Ho, interesting. Um, so he's far from aggressive in Pokemon battles when he does battle and it condensed videos above, uh, posted a number of multi-hour ones at 60 hours and 11 minutes of playtime. He gets into his first random battle in which he attacks only once and then runs away. You successfully ran away. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. So he goes to now and runs away before wandering back into town and his passive news after he read the field and gets to more random battles. The problem seems to attack the first battle cursor has to attack. From here, pressing A to the confirm brings up blah, blah, blah. So, you, you know, it depends on what you click and how you do So he's got a different cursor. and So it's a two-step process to attack, but running away is just still a single step. Like, hit the right button, you run away. Uh, so he eventually gets the hang of fighting and manages to capture an impressive variety of pocket monsters. In three, Zigazoons, a Talawale, Talawale, and a Wishmer, and a Nakanda. I'm probably saying those names wrong because I'm wrong for you. Um, so, but, but, but. Okay, so he apparently likes to swim in one part of it, so it kind of the fish likes to concentrate one part of the aquarium, which can lead to progress. So occasionally he tinkers with input system, so it looks like he makes it a smaller foot section. Other uh, impressive feats Maurice has accomplished is evolving his torch chicks into a combustion can and defeating gym leaders to earn badges. So it took him 373 hours and 8 minutes to acquire a stone badge. Oh, that's still less time than it required people to breathe underwater. Um, he's now, so just logged over 676 hours of playing Pokemon Ruby, earning two gym badges in the process, as well as a contingent of French fans in addition to his Japanese followers. Oh my god. So, he still hasn't finished the game, but, uh, he's, uh, he's trying. Uh, I'd have to say this is, uh, 
this is pretty impressive when you think about it. Um, you know, you've got a fish swimming around and you've managed to figure out how to capture, you know, its movements, you know, and inputs and translate those. That's really, that's really impressive. Got to give it to that guy. Like, you know, that took, that took some thought and some effort to get that set up in the circuit board. Um, at least for me, it would. Maybe for him, it's a cinch. Lord knows I wouldn't be able to. All right. So let's move into another article. Oh, cyber. See here. Mm, excuse me. I've managed to. There it is. No, this came from Daymok. Sorry, and it's a Polygon article. Lego and Nintendo are making a Lego NES. So the elaborate 2,646-piece Lego set comes with a TV, cartridge, and more. Really? Do you actually make the... So collaboration between Lego and Nintendo will go beyond the Lego Super Mario series of playsets to launch in August. Lego is also making a brick-based version of the classic Nintendo Entertainment according to linked information for a set that was teased by Lego on Monday. Um, so on Twitter, the official Lego account posted a darkened video of an upcoming set with the words, are you ready to play like never before? The five second teaser shows what clearly an NES system, a controller and a CRT television logically be composed of plastic Lego bricks. So, but clear photos of the Lego NES were leaked prior to the tease from the Hong Kong based outlet VJ Gamer, which shows the 8-bit console with its controllers, Super Mario Brothers NES cartridge, and a vintage tube television. According to the details posted by v- VJ Gamer and a German website, Stone Wars, the 2,646 LEGO Nintendo Entertainment System will feature an elaborate build for the brick-based television. Crank on the side of the TV will make the will make an on-screen Mario jump up and down and make the on-screen Super Mario Brothers playfield scroll to the right from right to left. The set also appears to work with the Lego Super Mario set Stone Wars listed price of about $340 US. Uh, Lego and Nintendo have not officially announced the release dates or pricing for the Lego NES set yet. That's it. So is it like, I, I wonder if it's going to be a functioning CRT, CR, CRT. Well, actually, no, wait. Let me read that again. So, do, 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 do. so it features an elaborate build for the brick-based television. A crank on the side of the T will make the on-screen Mario. Oh, so it's just a, you know, just looks like a Lego set. I mean, it's not an actual functioning game. It's still pretty cool. I was like, yeah, are you going to make a CRTV function again? <laughs> Oh, that's crazy if they did. Um, so, yeah. Uh, there's some more articles I could go into, but uh, I don't want to go too far. So I'm going to go into... Um, let's go ahead and pick out... Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, so let's talk about um, so Ubisoft's uh, Forward Game Conference. So Ubisoft Forward, they revealed a bunch of different things. Um, their, uh, what's it called? Watchdogs Legion. And they showed some of that. Um, and then they did PlayStation, a PlayStation, excuse me, right after all of this with, um, uh, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla game. They probably went into more, but I didn't watch the post like conference, which is what this pretty much was. Um, so they went into some details about watchdogs, uh, Legion you can do, and they kind of like showed some play. Um, it was all scripted play. It wasn't like live play. And then they did some live play of uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla at the end, but they also did it before and kind of explained it. They have Hyperscape Battle Royale game. 
Um, I don't know about that one. Let's see how that goes. It's, uh, they, uh, they kind of have some, like, some story, and you're, like, you're trapped in this world, and it looked interesting at first, but it looks like it's just going to turn into a Battle Royale game. Maybe it's got some story that goes along with it. I don't know, per se. They didn't go into too much detail about it. Uh, so Ubisoft... Uh, mentioned they were making some internal changes and execs involving allegations of misconduct against multiple employees, including two executives, sorry, groping an otherwise female employee. That surfaced last week. The company has already placed employees on leave and open abuse. Now Ubisoft is promising to undergo a structural shift to make it a safer work environment and improve accountability. You know, it's, it's fucked up when companies shit like that. It's not cool, man. It really isn't. You shouldn't be doing that stuff. Uh, so we'll see the investigation show. Um... The, they did, uh, they're, they're releasing Watch Dogs 2 for free, um, but they had, like, all these logins. I, I, I was excited about it. I was, like, gonna watch it, um, and, uh, I sat down and actually watched the entire lot, not the entire, like, release, um, for, uh, Ubisoft Forward. I didn't go into the shoot four days ago. I missed this. Oh, well. I missed it. So, yeah, they were going to give away Watch Dogs 2 for free, which I never actually played. I did watch it, um, and it was cool, and I enjoyed it, but I uh, never saw anything about it. They had all these, they had all these issues, like they, you couldn't log in, and you couldn't get it, but uh, looks like uh, looks like you can't get it for free now. Oh, boy. That's still kind of stuff. Let's try it one more time. This probably won't do any of you any good. Uh, no, they're still having their sale, but you can't get it. For, it's like 80% off. I feel like I checked it a couple days ago and it still was not an option. Oh, it's a, you can get the original Watch Dogs game for seven dollars. But yeah, they have uh, they have a whole bunch of new games coming out. Um, one of that kind of weird. It was like a it was a toony kind of game um, that they had called. Find that. They of course talked about the new Far Cry Six game. Um, predicting that game. Or well, they're centered it's centered around a dictator. Come so. on. Where is it? But so it's a toony kind of a game, and they had like the different characters from Rainbow Six Siege. They had um, they basically used like toony characters from a bunch of different they had made. And one of the things they had was Sam. They had the said Sam Fisher from the Splinter Cell game, and they also had a um, a toony version of El Sueño from. Uh, Ghost Recon Wildland game. I'm trying to figure this out. Um, ba, 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 ba. Hmm. Can't find it. They don't mention it. That's sad. Fortunate. But that was one of the games they had. And there's like some sort of explosion off the dis distance. And after you like, like, don't make me regret that. Like, I really. Um, but they had, so they had those games going on. Um, let's do it this way. Games we saw forward. I know this is all like, but the new um, Watch Dogs Legion is pretty cool. Like you can like unlock different characters and they have different abilities. Like uh, I forget the name of the um, the private police force in the game. Recruit one of their agents, become one of them. There's a guy who's like a contract killer. There's a construction worker. They all and they all have like different abilities, but they can all like hack. So what was it? Nah. So it's called Elite Squad. And it's a mobile game. So 70 characters from across Splinter Cell, Ghost Recon, Rainbow Six, and Tom Clancy, and the other Tom Clancy franchise forces to take down a threat in a mobile game. Eh. It's not what I wanted to see uh, Sam Fisher come back as mobile character. Well, they're getting into the franchise, you know, the new environment for them. Want to take over the environment. 
Yeah, so they had some interesting ones. I think the the Assassin's Creed one, Valhalla. Assassin's Creed games have generally been good, in my opinion. Unity was not received well. The story was pretty good, but I know like there was a lot of broken things about it. Personally, I still blame the fact that they were originally going to release it on Xbox 360. So this is when Xbox One was coming out and Xbox 360 was still around. So they released uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, PlayStation. It was, in a, it was a last year. Could not get it on a current. Backward compatibility. Might have done so. And then they had Assassin's Creed Unity. And they were, they were deciding that they wanted to make them available on upcoming Gen Con. And they talked about how like they weren't ready for it. So it was a lot of changes, so many bugs, and you know you used to watch all these about how it was just messed up. So I never really played it. Um, you think I played? No, nope, I didn't play Rogue. I skipped. I went from Black Flag to Syndicate. I, I played all the Assassins. Well, actually, no. Etsy have it. Um, no console, no money. But I got it back in with uh, and did Black Flag. I think was the last one, the one they had before. But yeah, I went from that or Assassin's Creed. No, it was Black Flag. Yeah, Black Flag to straight into um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Finish on that. And I'm playing currently Origin. have not done Odyssey. Big worlds. But yeah, so Valhalla seems like it's going to be a big world. And, it's, and then Watch Dogs. It's like an Assassin's Creed game except with a lot of tech. It has a lot of the same elements. I really feel like Watch Dogs is Assassin's Creed. And Assassin's Creed is kind of like Supercell. You know, they had these stealth games. And they're like, well, what if we did this same where you had exact access genetic memories that are supposedly laced into your dna from your ancestor and we made some secret organizations battling each other in the shadows <laughs> you know it was really cool in the beginning i really don't understand where the animus thing it seems after they killed yeah desmond after they killed him off like i was like i was so lost and i was like i did going i'm I'm hopeful that Origin's going to help. But it's like, yeah, you started playing as a Templar or like a potential Templar and just control. Like, there was like a whole like power struggle with the Assassin. And I feel like they kind of just dropped that. It's like, huh. It's like, I was looking forward to like Desmond like going around. At, like, you got to go around. Was it? I think you got to go around in three, like going after this one guy. Yeah, I think you were in three. You're like your father and you're working with an assassin in the modern times. Like, this is so cool. And then there's just like, oh yeah, you just stick around and like hack terminals and through pipes. And, eh, kind of killed it. You guys kind of killed it. Damn it. Like it was so cool. And then you guys just did that. But oh well, I'm hopeful that Origins, you know, no spoilers for me, please. I know I'm really behind on that, but hopefully that's gotten better. But yeah, Watch Dogs, Despite the comparison that I'm making between them, it's still a good system. I still think it's fun. I've never really gotten into play it. I've only watched the stories of this game. But I feel like it's a cool game. Like, the first one was kind of rough. The second one I feel like was a little bit better. I mean, I kind of got the first one's story and stuff, but I really feel like the second one was so much better. Took it off, went to direction. They still had a tie-in character to elevate the current in the second one's game. Also, bitch, you know, they added things like you can have people come hack into your world or you can hack into theirs. It was kind of cool. It's kind of like the Nemesis system. Uh, Diablo. But yeah, so uh, Ubisoft's got some cool stuff. And um, yeah, this might be, you know, with this whole Corona stuff like this. Of uh, P3. I don't have, uh, this is how they're going to do the conferences from now on. But uh, thank you all for joining. Um, I'm your host, Blue Shark 45 And uh, be sure to check out the GNA podcast at www.gnapodcast.com and uh sorry this episode's kind of rambling just uh mostly me reading articles too but uh hopefully you enjoyed it if not be sure to email us at gna
Podcast at gnainyourdna.one with all your comments and death threats. Thank you, and you all have a good evening. Night. We hope you enjoyed the show. GNA, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Reviews help people find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, let other people know. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Stitcher, Spreaker, MyTuner, Your Listen, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and a whole bunch of other places. If we aren't someplace, let us know. We'll upload there. You can also follow us on Twitter or Facebook by searching at GNA Podcast. You can also join our Discord chat. Just see the pinned tweet. We do a game show night every first Saturday of every month on Mixer at www.mixer.com forward slash GNA podcast. And join us every second Saturday of the month for Horror Movie Night hosted by Zyberblood. We want to thank Morgan BS Photography for our artwork and logo. Check him out at morganbs.com. And please email us at GNA Podcast at GNA in your DNA dot one with all your questions, comments, or death threats. We would love to hear from you. And last but not least, please be sure to check out our website at www.gnapodcast.com. Who likes short shorts? Blue likes short shorts. Hashtag Ranger Panties.